And now another episode of Mind Escape with Michael and Maurice. Take it away, Michael. All right, folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 71 today, uh, Unidentified and To the Stars Academy. We got our good friend uh, Matt tiller back he runs the tiller Ferilla channel on uh, youtube check it out uh you can find us at mike and maurice mind escape.com and uh, patreon.com slash mike and maurice what's up matt how are you hey guys man i'm doing great how are you guys doing good 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 awesome. just uh reeling from a weekend it seemed like it was <clears> filled <throat> with uh you know, UFO, UAP, aliens, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but, uh, it's, it's been um, uh, it's been like pretty interesting. Yeah, it's been kind of like uh, a friend of mine through social media said that on Saturday he just felt kind of like exhausted, and I said, "Yeah, man, me too." It's like the day after Christmas, you know. <laughs> yeah, a lot. Of, it's all <laughs> yeah. bubbling to the surface now, baby. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been uh, a lot of a lot of cause for celebration. Uh, among those who have been involved in trying to to help make this happen, you know. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, just so everybody who's not aware of what we're talking about, uh, the show um, Unidentified aired on um, History Channel and AMC, and it was um, covering the whole To the Stars Academy and Tom DeLonge's involvement with Luis Elizondo and is it Christopher Mellon? Is that who is uh, Chris? Yeah, Mellon? Chris Mellon, uh, Hal Putoff. Jim Simovan, yeah. um, maybe a, a few of a few other people on and off record. Um, so uh, that's what the show, and it goes through all the uh, you know, like the Go Fast, the Tic Tac, the USS Nemet stuff, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. you know, they're just going through that whole stuff on the show. Um, so what was your take on it? Did you did you like it? Did you? I mean, it seemed like I already kind of knew. A lot of that stuff just from the news reports and stuff that they've put out and things like that yeah. but what did you think was like new and exciting that you hadn't seen before on mm. that i had not seen like what did you not know about that you learned from watching it let me think you know um i don't i don't know that if i actually learned anything new yeah, that's kind of how um, I felt. Not that it was bad. It was oh, a good no. show. But yeah, oh, it was just it was very the information weird. wasn't anything like groundbreaking. But that just could yeah. be because it was the first well, episode too. It wasn't groundbreaking for for those who already know. Right, right. And and I don't fault anyone for not knowing. Um, you know, it's uh it, it the information comes at us in such a tailored way these days. I mean, I picked the app that I want to view my news or the source or online or whatever. And then I pick the categories I'm interested in. So it's, you know, if I'm interested in technology and science, I'm not going to get, um, you know, international news about the Notre Dame church that caught right. on fire, or, you know, I hear about it vicariously or maybe I won't. So I, I don't necessarily fault anyone for not knowing what's going on, but, you know, I do think it was a very necessary step, a very necessary episode. For me, I think like <laughs> the most uh, just gratifying um, of it all was just this sense of validation mm-hmm. for me personally 
because I know there are so many people in my personal life that get tired of me talking about this. And if any of my friends and family are watching, I love you guys so much. And, you know, but <laughs> I'm tired of talking about it to you. Like, to be honest, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes you tell this. The, the Did uh... people. I, people sometimes speak until they feel they've been heard. And you might see that with someone who constantly brings up a, their childhood or something or someone that's constantly brings up like a perfect example into relationships. You have someone that talks about their ex-girlfriend or boyfriend for three or four months or three or four years because they've not been heard. They've not made that connection. No one's ever validated those feelings. Mm -hmm. So for me, I think it was a sense of validation of almost like, you know, I told you so. (laughs) And then also vindication too, because I know I received a, a whole lot of criticism. I mean, I know for a fact, because other people told me that there are people, you know, talk bad about me. Say it was an idiot. So you mean like the whole UFO UAP thing yeah. in general, or yeah. just oh, belief yeah. that whatever to the Stars Academy is coming out with is actually <clears throat> accurate and true? Uh, all of it. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's it's the stigma that, um, and that's you know the reason I'm doing the work I'm doing is to to help reduce that stigma. Um, you know, people are either afraid, um, or they laugh at it, you know, like Michio Kaku calls it the giggle factor. Um, Steve justice, uh, called it the, um, the typical response. I believe it's what he called, called it the typical response and, um, or the, I can't remember what it's, I have it written down. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely yeah. still skeptics even after that. I saw, yes. um, what was that? I was watching uh grammarica they have a pretty good podcast and i was watching they had michael Shermer, who's a famous skeptic on and he's still not sold he thinks it's similar to the sr 71 in the sense that it's something that we have that's just so much more advanced that we just don't know what it is yet so he's i mean i don't think he has all the the uh the facts too from you know the way Mm -hmm. i don't you can tell like he didn't really you know he probably looked into it a little bit but not fully so well, it, it's, you know, I don't know him personally. I, I d- didn't hear what the same thing you heard, but um, I would be willing to assume that, or what it sounds like to me is that he might be like dismissing the entire UFO phenomenon. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. 70 plus years and only speaking about these new reports, you know, that we have. But, um, it's, you know, the, the thing is, um, it's really hard to refute this type of evidence because the FLIR cameras, and I just uh, spoke with the FLIR tech. Uh, You're yesterday. talking about the forward-looking infrared. Yeah, forward-looking infrared the camera, yeah. yeah. Uh, talk with the guy about it yesterday. He's a really nice guy. Uh, that's what he does for a living. So um, the uh, these types of cameras are called at FLIR, which is a little bit different than FLIR, but they're essentially, they, they do lots of the same things. So the number one thing to remember is that the, the FLIR camera is not interested at all with what you see on the screen or like what I see in the video is interested in heat. That's the thing. So like what the FLIR camera, the, like its purpose is not to produce an amazing image. It is to gather information. So all the numbers around on the screen will tell you the temperature, the velocity, um, 
altitude. I mean, it gives you like, and, and even though those those bits of information are not mind blowing, it's not going to you know do a little X ray picture of the little dudes inside that are flying the aircraft <laughs> theoretically, uh, or tell you what mm -hmm. they're favorite edition of people magazine is i mean i don't know but it's not going to give you any like mind-blowing revelations but this is the thing man and, like that's a real object you know it, it's a real tangible thing it's not swamp gas um it's not ball lightning it's not birds it's not a balloon it's not another airplane it's not a commercial plane it's not a jet um if you, if you it think were, it's do you think it's physical like do you think yeah absolutely. Do you think there's a pop there's a, there's a possibility that our our vision or our perceptions are maybe a little not, obviously we can't perceive a lot of stuff that's within stuff that like uv rays stuff like that um a uv ray isn't necessarily it's it's physical but it's you can't see it you know so mm -hmm. could, do you think it could be something like that or do you think it's something that is very tangible like if you were close enough you could touch it and it would be physical i i think that it is physical um and then we have uh are you familiar with the term metamaterials yeah okay um like how they rearrange the uh the metal alloys in, in compositions and space in a certain yes. pattern that kind of stuff uh-huh there are metamaterials that that uh that to the stars has in in their possession bigelow aerospace has some metamaterials um, how much or what quantity, we don't know. I suspicion that Bigelow Aerospace might have a lot more than um, than TTSA, but I have no idea. I don't know. And I base that solely on the fact that uh, Robert Bigelow is, uh, is operating a aerospace corporation, like an industry, and TTSA is a public benefit corporation, which is very different, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, uh, PBS, the, or, uh, receives money from the corporation for public broadcasting. So it receives a little bit of federal money, but they still have like membership drives once or twice a year. So they are a public benefit corporation too. They provide us Sesame street, also NPR, lots of quality programming, you know, mm -hmm. um, that's an example of a public benefit corporation. And so TTSA, they're a public benefit corporation too, which is why when Ars Technica put out that article about them being in debt, I was like, that doesn't even really like make sense. Even if, even if they did, they, they, there isn't debt. Um, or that was like fake news or whatever. But even if they were, that's not uncommon for a, a, a nonprofit, a not-for-profit, or a public benefit corporation, which is a little of both to be in debt that, and especially during their first year, you know? So, and I think they wanted to overplay that as if to say like that, you know, something shady's going on. I didn't think anything shady was going on other than it seemed to me that someone was trying to capitalize on someone else's uh, bad spot or a rut that they had to get over. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you brought up uh, Robert Bigelow. He's an interesting guy. Um, totally. yeah. he, he did that uh 2020 interview i think a couple years ago mm -hmm. uh where he's like i i know they're here he basically said yeah. kind of you know the same thing and this guy's mm -hmm. a guy like he's running <laughs> an aerospace company has access to a lot of technology and a lot of stuff so um so all, so all these big guys are all convinced that it's aliens they don't think it's a different country 
Well, okay. Um, yeah, because that's the debate. I read a Canadian article um, yeah. about this, and they said the same thing that um, they, you know, it could just be some other country's top technology. But I proposed, if that was the case, why wouldn't they just take over then, or why wouldn't they do put throw their weight around? You know, like you would expect that at least from some of the countries. So, yeah, and and if it were another country. I highly doubt they're going to flaunt it in our face like that and not tell us it's them because why would they want to give us this big showcase of technology and then like benefit? Yeah. I mean, if they've put all this research into, into this, um, you know, okay. I'm just kind of look, let's assume that I am, um, Tiller for Riller has now established its own um, anti-cross and monarchy tree, whatever, some kind of weird style of government that I just made up right now. And I have a nation, and my nation has developed this like super powerful technology, and I'm going to go fly around China, Russia, and the United States and flaunt my technology in their face. So I spent all this like trillions of dollars research, manpower or woman power, you know, it's a Mm-hmm. we live in today gender inclusion whoa, whoa bro whoa. <laughs> people, people power right? <laughs> so we put all this uh this research and money and everything into this stuff and then i did all of that to sit on it and to gloat i highly doubt it no 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 my friend i'm gonna put a barcode on this stuff i'm going to monetize i'm gonna sell it i'm gonna charge for it Mm-hmm. Interest, interest of the park. I'll make it a roller coaster theme park. I mean, that's I, I would not want to wage war. I would open a theme park. Hmm. UFO land. Can you imagine? Wow. A water, you could go down the water slide in a UFO and not get wet. Right. That doesn't make any sense. But I mean, why else would it be a water slide? But still, that'd be kind of fun for some people, I bet. Well, it's, it's interesting, too. I, look, because I, I tried watching the uh, unidentified um, episode, I tried to. Uh, read their faces like when they're talking about this stuff you know to kind of get like what is this guy thinking about not necessarily that i'm skeptical well, I'm, i guess i am always skeptical to a certain yeah. extent you don't want to just believe something with blind faith you know because you know that's where we got in with you know religions and, and totally. different cults and different things like that so mm-hmm. um you do want to have some level of you know skepticism going in not that you should just dismiss it either but um so yeah i just was looking at their faces and i mean it seemed from what i could tell pretty genuine stuff like you can tell you know when people are lying they usually dart their eyes to the left and uh while they're talking about a specific thing and that kind of stuff and people can be can be trained not to do that i guess but um and then the other weird thing was uh, Luis Elizondo kept putting on like a bulletproof vest like what was that all about is this guy scared for his life like what's going on there yeah, um, I um, I sense that same like I, that sense of genuineness um, comes through to me as well. I, I feel that they do seem very genuine, and um, you know, like you said, is it possible for someone to be trained to do that? Yes and no. You can kind of tell if people are acting or not. You know. Well, yeah. So some. And this is a thing. It people people say like, oh, they, it, he or she could be an actor, or they could be a disinformant. Okay, so consider the the reality of those accusations or theories. 
A disinformant and a misinformant are are acting. They're lying, but they're acting. They they're telling you something that's not true, and they know it's not true. I would assume, possibly, after a while of doing that for so many years, it would start to weigh on them. Possibly, mm-hmm. um, it's going to come out it, like it like Millie Vanilli, right? Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. They cracked. Um, yeah. Another example, like you know, you watch like a football game when a guy's doing a fake. He always runs like he's doing a fake, kind of like Ooh. right. Yeah, the, like, the successful ones are the dudes that sell it. You know, you don't know. Yeah, what's going they on. really run, they charge full speed, like they actually have the ball. That's a like true fake, not this guy that looks like a duck. You know, like right. right. Any, anyways, it's like yeah, they they're. I, I watch their faces too. I watch their eyes. I listen. What's called verbal tracking. So like, I'll, people like to use certain words when they are descriptive in describing stories. Luis Elizondo is like so together, man. You know, and even if he is going to recount some of the same uh, details, mm-hmm. like I'm sure he's talked about a tip a billion times, but he's just he's just so so personable, and he does it with just like you know he'll he'll tell it he'll tell the same story to a different group of people, and it's like he's telling it for the first time. And you know, part yeah. of that could be and part of that could be reading the crowd, you know, but but not every person on the TTSA team is is that person they're not all of them are the one to get on stage hold a microphone give a presentation and then shake hands with right. folks you know so yeah I, i'm just i'm glad it's it's happening um like you say it is important to maintain a healthy degree of skepticism you just have to, you have to do that i mean um there was a case i don't remember the, the man's name but um he came into um you know, the study of the UFO phenomenon, very credible, wrote a, a immensely popular book. And then his next, if you, I'll tell you the, the story. If you know the guy's name, feel free to, if, if it rings a bell with you, chime in. Um, he wrote, a, the, his next big project is like, he believed this other guy's story and he was sold and he repped this guy. And he wrote a book about it and he spoke about this guy. And then they found out a few years later, after this guy had continued to write other books and things, that the the guy that he just backed and supported 100% was totally lying, made all of it up. And he, but he had the responsibility or at least like the, the good sense of moral character to come out and say everything I wrote about that guy in this book, I have to retract. The book is still available. You can still buy it. You can still read it. Who is this? I don't remember. I don't remember. I'll have to go back and research. I'm sorry. No, no, Um, I'm sorry. But but I'm, uh, I'm certain that's not the first time that's happened. No, no, of course. And so when, when I, um, someone else was telling me, uh, about this, I, I knew the guy's name, um, but when I heard this, that's that ran, it, it touched the core with me because I always thought like you know like, like you know Bob Lazar. I'm just like, dude, that guy he's telling the truth, like, and so I'm always like, well, what, is, what do you mean Jeremy Corbell's like if his story is true? And I wanted to just like scream at the TV like, what do you mean if his story is true? Why are you doing a documentary if his story is true? Now I understand. 
Right. He wouldn't be going through all this if he didn't believe his story was true. Right. right. I mean, this is this is not just one documentary. This goes back um, like a couple of years, I think. I think like um, the first short film, Whistleblower, uh, wasn't that like 2016 or 2017? I don't remember. I, I think that's correct. Yeah, I don't know. It's on YouTube. And Corbell is dynamite, man. I mean, he's so he's just like so good at what he does. And he's got a lot of good support, too. You know, the soundtracks uh, for his documentaries. Uh, the imagery, the video effects, the transitions. Uh, he's up on like the glitch effects too, which is really freaking cool. But anyways, this isn't a plug for Jeremy Corbell. I've never talked to the guy. <laughs> I'm just saying, I understand now why he says that. Because, right. uh, you know, the more I'm talking with some folks too, I mean, I've had people that um, have told me stories or things here or there. Or they offer a lead or whatever. And, um, I'm just a little more hesitant sometimes. Um, honestly, right now I'm just backed up with a lot of work. But if I were to jump on every story, every case, every lead with the veracity and the strength, believing every story was true, eventually I'm going to get screwed over. So at some mm -hmm. point, someone is going to be using me, manipulating me for their own gain. And then I've gone. Well, we we all want to believe. So yeah, we all fall. Of course. Yeah. We all fall victim to that. You know, that's why you see. And like I said, I mean, I, I don't, if people are fans of this guy. I'm sorry, but like David Wilcox, like when you start talking about like, you know, the whole reptilians and there's like 80 different races and they're all, you know, like no, you're, you're no. jumping, you're jumping the gun, bro. We're just getting to the point where we can physically, acknowledge that there's something weird and you're talking about yes. you know like it's it's nothing you know so that that is to me is a huge disservice to the whole you know process you know but yeah it is I, what it is you know it's it's all part of it everybody's going to try and make some money everybody's going to try and put their two cents in and maybe he really believes what he says and you know i, I don't yeah. doubt that necessarily but yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean it's true or accurate or scientific based either so definitely i mean you know if <laughs> if his story is true <laughs> if his if the Wilcox story is true uh that's that's amazing uh, i mean wow um <laughs> i you know could i see some of the scales from the skin like i mean like not trying to <laughs> you know challenge anybody but like let's put them under a microscope and um, I don't mean that like you know. No, they're shapeshifters, bro. They they're too smart for whatever you've got. Don't worry. How, they live in the hollow earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. Just um, well, I tell you what. Do you you, you brought up that we're getting to the point where we can prove that some of this this stuff is like actually happening? Right. Um, we know you, there's something. We we know yeah. something. It could, you know. Is so, there an alien inside? There might not be. It could just be an, an autonomous vehicle that we that, can't. That's the leap that I don't want to take um, with with my, my presence here. You know, like um, uh, talking on social media, being public and things like that. Uh, I think it is it is highly possible, highly, pro I think my personal opinion, it's highly probable that the unidentified aerial phenomenon or unidentified flying objects have an extraterrestrial origin um 
it's also highly probable that they have some sort of halfway point or a station, call it a base, above ground, underground, underwater, in a mountain, wherever it might be, under a McDonald's parking lot. I have no idea. Or Walmart parking lot for that matter. But um, we, we don't know. We do, however, know definitively that the aircraft that it was it was uh, Monday last Monday, um, you know, in the New York Times, it was actually printed. Um, wow, what was that? You know, yeah. article. Uh, it's, those, it's, it's, a, it's about UFOs and it's the tiniest thing. Yeah, on the I was page. gonna say. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I know. Um, however, it did make front page with. Um, let's see what else we got here. Superstar cities lose allure. <sighs> too bad yeah it's garbage stuff that's fine it's cool but yeah um that's real those aircraft were real um i think i can say this because it's already public knowledge i mean uh well as we saw an unidentified um we saw in the series that one of the pilots or it might have been one of the previews one of the pilots almost hit uh, one of the uh, the objects, right. you know, almost right. ran into it. Um, it's in the New York Times newspaper. It was in one of the previews for the series. And correct me if I'm wrong. I, th- I don't know if I'm mixing the trailer preview with the first episode. Did they? I don't know if they got that far. Did Did they mention that the, the one pilot off Virginia Beach and it was a 2014, 2015 almost hit one of the. Uh, the I can't, there was something I can't remember if they almost hit each other because they were discombobulated or if they hit one mm-hmm. of the things. I forget there was something about that though in in, in the episode. All right, so I want to just po- I want to just pose a question for the uh, listening audience. Um, if this guy got close enough to this unidentified flying object that we believe is of an extraterrestrial origin. And this device flies in a way that we believe generates its own uh, gravitational field through a combination of gravity manipulation, radiation, things like that. There's no propulsion, but there's possibly radiation emissions. Did this pilot or was this pilot, this pilot or maybe another pilot, um, Effective? Did was their was their health affected in any way? You think? That's a good question. I'm going to let be answered in time. <laughs> just, I'll just leave it at that. The the I'll, I'll, the the knowledge is already public. It's it's out there. If you look for it, you can find it. So I mean. But you would need a significant amount. It couldn't be like an X-ray machine amount of radiation. It'd have to be significant. I mean, right now, I don't know if you've mm. seen the HBO that documentary on uh, Chernobyl, but it's pretty interesting mm. what kind of damage radiation can do. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't know. Right. So uh, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. It sounds like you know, but I won't pry too hard because. <laughs> Um, I, I, you know, like I, I only want people to talk about stuff, you know, like if you, you know, know something, obviously let's, let's try and get it out there. But if you, I'll you send you hold- a link, I'll send, right. you, I'll send you a link and then you can uh, share it with your people. How about okay. that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, how about this? How about you you hold on to the link and we'll have you back on when you can confirm and and we can talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, no, 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 that's fine. That's fine. That's cool. I don't know how long it will be. Right. Well, whatever. No, no rush. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Okay. Um, yeah. But uh, so that's interesting. Now, back to the show. Um, do you think that, um, like, when you know, the way they, I, some people were complaining about like the the you know videography or the film you know the way they filmed it um i didn't necessarily have a problem with that i i didn't think it was bad but there were some people complaining about that um what did you think about the actual way like the show looked and the way it flowed and everything oh it was great it was yeah. very professional yeah um it, it was uh it was wonderful it i mean the the voiceover narration was perfect. It tied it all the scenes together. Um, Lou, you know, at the time of the interviews on camera, already knew the stories, of course, because uh, like Commander Fravor was much younger. Um, you know, when the when this event actually happened, then right. now. So I mean, you know, count for the time lapse, but they still did a real good job of of making it very present tense. You know, even though we're talking about, uh, they highlighted the Nimitz case more, which was in 2004, they still did such a great job of bringing it present tense and, uh, and drawing the audience in. And they didn't overload the audience with stuff. Um, they didn't have jump scare scenes. They didn't use like, right. unsealed UFO case file. Yeah. <laughs> stuff like that um well they got to take a different approach on it you know that's the whole thing it's like that's that's the thing um i'll read to you a quote that uh tom DeLong shared in his interview with um jimmy church and this was in uh 2016 i believe may i don't remember i'm bad with dates sometimes he was basically saying that um people were um having a hard time accepting the like things they were they were hearing they like um the release of the information wasn't going very well and uh this is what he said i think i think tom said to this person they're having trouble with some of this stuff meaning like people don't want to accept this information mm -hmm. going back to the stigma of course and uh why do you think that is do you think it's like a Oh. I think it challenges our understanding completely, and it makes us feel vulnerable to know. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's. Do you think yeah. it? It's also got to be something either archetypal or subconscious, because mm -hmm. people. This came out, and I mean, it was on Fox News and CNN a couple of years ago, and people yeah. it was in the the you know two day news cycle, and then it's boom, it's gone, and nobody really talked about it. Like I'm talking about people that aren't interested in it, you know. Um, oh, oh, okay. So well, you know, it, look for, it, even for some people who already are interested, uh, something this, something like this makes it more real, and it's it's a type of shock that you most people have never really experienced before. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, the uh, the person he was speaking with said, "Look, you're dealing with paradigm shifting subject matter." You're dealing with stuff that's going to turn people's worlds upside down and there's no easy way around it. So um, for those of us who are already interested, 
like even for me, when I saw Lou on CNN talking very plainly, very, very normally, like any other person on the news that's talking about news. And by the way, Lou is Luis Elizondo. Yeah, so yeah some yeah. people don't know that. I actually just saw I'm that. Sorry. I saw that last week for the first time. I'm like, who's Lou? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Sorry about that. Yes, when I saw Luis Elizondo on CNN and uh, Fox News, and I saw Commander Fravor on Fox News, um, and it it's like periodically I would go to YouTube and just type in like UFO news and just kind of see what's going on. Right. So this one day in December. You know, I type in UFO news. I'm eating a bowl of cereal at the breakfast table, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. I was like, that was like five days ago. What? What? I was like, no way. I'm like, no, no, no way, no way. Yeah, way. And it was like, I'm the entire game changed because now I'm like, all right, all right, all right. Now I don't have to go to the unsealed UFO case files. I don't have to to watch MUFON reruns from 1999, you know, to get like this new information and some things and find out someone's lying and not telling the truth about the military police on Mars and the nuclear war in 1977 and just like whatever yeah. it is. Someone there is weird stuff though about like the like the moon does have uh, I think is a uranium two three seven and wow, it cool. has it has expended um, traces of um, exploded hmm. nuclear weapons. So I mean, however, that could just be from us doing stuff here and somehow it got outside our yeah. atmosphere too. Uh, it's also, I mean, you know, I'm, I, I'm not a believer in any of that crazy stuff though, but there yeah. is, there is weird anomalies that we do know about. Yeah, that, that is true. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm willing to listen uh, I, I, I'm willing to entertain the possibility that, that you know pretty much anything is true. Uh, on record, though, you know, I'm only going to go like I'm sure we've discussed before, like what what what's empirical and what we have data for. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think people have such a hard time accepting this because you know whether it's whether they're laughing or they're angry or they just express fright. I honestly think that it comes down to anxiety that's mm-hmm. that's within us. You know, like if you study psychoanalysis and other theories of psychology, yeah, based you realize on, you might not be in control anymore. That yes, is it is, it is, uh, it is a, and I don't mean like you are in control, but maybe not. I mean, like well, that's the, it brings up every, the whole paradigm shift of there could be this other thing. And if that other thing is, you know, then you get into philosophy too. So yeah. if you don't have any contact with these things, then you do start to open up a bigger picture of, what this could mean in terms of us, where we come from, is there, is there a create, you know, like stuff like that. So that's exactly right. I did a video, uh, about a week ago about that, where I said there were three primary reasons that I've seen that, that people feel like they can't entertain the belief that they, that we have been visited. Like, I, I think most people are willing to admit or discuss the possibility of there being life somewhere in the Mm. universe or even maybe intelligent life in the universe but that 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 having that intelligent life come and visit us here on earth 
that's what people have the biggest problem with. It's either fear, ridicule, or faith. And I'm not trying to bash faith or people's beliefs, but it's just, I mean, think about that. Like, number one, yeah, it's an extremely scary thing to think about. Like, if I don't have an internal locus of control and my external locus of control is all chaotic and crazy, and now there are these beings with bad intentions that are going to take me out of my bed at night. They're going to stick needles in me. They're going to put a piece of metal in my leg. You know, if, if we take every, you're lucky day, if you get it in the leg. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this guy going to make a joke or what? <laughs> yeah. But if we're, if it's, you know, if we're going to find any objective truth, we have to push past that. The majority of encounters do not end with someone being hurt. Um, the majority of people on earth have never had any type of abduction experience. And the majority of people who have we had talked about that last time though, that's more yeah, like sleep paralysis. Yeah. I think, I think it's sleep. It could still, there could still be something metaphysically going on within dreams, mm -hmm. But yeah. it, it is definitely something most most of those occur at nighttime. And I mean, I don't, are you familiar with the work of um, uh, what's his name? The guy from uh, Harvard um, psychology department. Um, I'm drawing a blank on his name. The Roger, the, the guy who like no, he's he's passed away now. Um, okay. It's going to bug me. But you he mean did the psychologist guy that started talking with abduction people who were being abducted. Yeah. And he also yeah, did. He also did the um, the Rua Zimbabwe. He met with all the kids after they. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I definitely believe that that the abduction phenomenon is possible. I believe that a lot of the stories are true, good and bad, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, but man, a lot of it, honestly, you know, could be mental illness on on behalf of the people who live in the home. Mm -hmm. Um, others could be people who just really, really want attention. Um, and sometimes people have had experiences, but they will exaggerate them to the point of being a lie because they want someone to pay attention to the fact that they've had these smaller experiences first, you know, John Mack, that's the guy's name. Yeah. I'm yeah, yeah. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. He was a really cool guy. Um, so Oh my gosh. Anyway, yeah, it's like we if we allow that fear to hold us back, we're never gonna like find out what it really is. And I have found that most most often when you investigate something you're afraid of, in the end you're not really afraid of it anymore. Once you identify what it is, that kind of takes a big part of the fear away. With ridicule and you're laughing at something. Um, that's a really, really great way of making something not afraid. So when you laugh at something, um, for me, something serious like this, you laugh because you think it's stupid. That's an, but wasn't that initially, I mean, I've, I mean, from like project blue book, like they call it even a laugh factor in that, like, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I don't yeah, know if that was originally part of. The thing, but it seemed like mm -hmm. that was in, in, like an installation to for the yeah. public initially. Like, mm -hmm. hey, 
this is a joke is maybe they didn't want people to know at the time or they didn't yeah. know themselves so that it, it was a scare factor because when you don't have answers for something that is doing all this crazy stuff um, mm -hmm. it becomes a problem because then people lose trust in, in, in the process you know it's um the all, all of them are what are called ego defense mechanisms denial is a, you know it's an it's a, a and to for psycho for psychological terms an ego defense mechanism is an ego defense mechanism is a way of protecting your inner self from anxiety so it mm -hmm. could be um transference when you're um putting um an idea or something on onto someone else you know mm -hmm. um denial repression there's lots of this, the long list of, of um ego defense mechanisms so laughing at something is a really really great way of insulating yourself from the the fearful anxiety that something like this would bring if you ever knew it were true or if it ever were true and uh lastly uh faith um for some people you know they, they think that they cannot if they accept that there's an extraterrestrial civilization out there somewhere that that means that all of their religious beliefs are false well, but there's a huge there's a huge and i'm sure you're aware of this if you're on like mm -hmm. facebook facebook and reddit groups and that kind of stuff yeah. there is a specific like people that are super religious mm -hmm. truly believe that there are there are some of the people that there are aliens but they're that they're the demons of the bible yeah yeah some people do think that like there's i'm i'm mm -hmm. telling you there's a lot of people that think that like if you're christian yeah. but you also believe you know like you're a hardcore christian but you also believe in aliens that's usually one of the things that you'll see those people comment on things like oh they're they're demons or they're they're the devil or whatever so yeah I, i'm familiar um <laughs> yeah i i don't know there's um <clears throat> if they believe that um Here's some some. But Tom pictures. Tom did talk about that in God's Man and War too. Yes, he did a lot. Uh, that is in there a lot, and he keeps mm -hmm. talking about this phenomenon when he does interviews, as if there it could be not necessarily evil, but maybe evil. You We're know, like messes with us. But uh, there's there's um, it's a yeah there there are connections. Um, on my website, I did a a post. I think I mentioned this before, uh, where I pretty much like uh. When I typed in on a um, Kindle book search, uh, book two, and then book three, and I pretty much just like wrote down every talking point that resulted from from those uh, searches, and you can see where all of this is going. And we will get to consciousness. We will get more into um, spiritual matters. We'll get into. The phenomenon, uh, like intentionally messing with us, putting on a little mm -hmm. show for us, and then you know, doing something bad after that. Um, <coughs> the miracle side of it all, and uh, then how man you started using the technology to fight wars with other men. Uh, lots, lots of uh, different places to go, but this is the thing, okay? Like, I'll, I'll I have more experience with. Um, you know, understanding the Protestant Christian uh, faith because that's I live in the southeastern United States. I've studied a lot, a lot about lots of different things. So, um, Genesis, there are two creation accounts. One, you know, Genesis chapter one, God creates all human beings at the same time. Then apparently he does a follow up 
and creates just one man and then one woman. However, if that were the case, uh, when Cain kills Abel, right, God's going to banish him from the area. And Cain's like, no, don't do that because anyone who sees me will know what I've done and they will want to kill me. So God's like, okay, well, I'll put a mark on your head. So anyone who sees that mark will not kill you. And he sends him away and no one kills him. No one who, mm-hmm. who else was there? Right. Okay. That's one. Um, secondly, uh, you, you know, um, Jesus came according to the new Testament, you know, old Testament, new Testament, uh, Jesus came because of the fall of man that resulted from Adam and Eve eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So Jesus came to the world for that purpose. However, if that fall had never taken place and Adam and Eve were never separated from the divine creator who knew everything, right? right? Would they be better off? Would how much more knowledge would they know? And if there is a civilization that is like ahead of us by one billion years, and they never had that fall, and they just stayed like totally man seated at the same table with their creator, how much more would they know than than us? Or like, hey, even better, how much like chill and cool would they be right. to hang around? You know. Maybe they're past the violence and aggression that we have. I think that there's a a better for like in religious terms, um, obviously there's different esoteric works and stuff, but uh, Gnostic Christianity, Mm -hmm. um, this idea that the creator of us is not the one true creator, but uh, a creator that has no knowledge of the actual spiritual realm. Um, and he's he's an ignorant God. So like, that's Mm -hmm. the God of the old Testament, like the, you know, like the old Testament gods, like you shall never take another God, but me and all this stuff. It's like, if you were really God, you wouldn't need to say that stuff. You wouldn't need Mm -hmm. to tell these people these things because they would know, you know, or figure it out, Mm -hmm. you know? So the whole Gnostic, I think is an interesting thing. It's that we have these souls that are trapped in our body and it's almost not like a prison, but that we're trapped um in this realm because of this ignorant god so like that's mm-hmm. the idea of gnostic so i think that fits along more along the lines of this kind of thinking as opposed to straight up old you know the, the bible or you know roman yeah. catholicism or something like that well so. there's some other things too though um <clears throat> i won't spend too much time on it but i i, I some people suffer from different types of conditions I suffer from uh, overactive imagination. So it might sound like I'm about to write a book on this. I swear to God, I'm not. No pun intended, because we're talking about faith and stuff. That's fine. Okay. Um, uh, Did Jesus rise from the dead? Well, there are people that say that Jesus had miraculous powers. He could manipulate things in physical ways. If he were designed by an alien race, I'm not saying he was, but what what if he was? Um, then maybe he would be designed to have physical abilities to interact with the physics of earth in ways that we could not like, Oh, I don't know, walking on top of water because he's able to, uh, manipulate his body mass to weigh less than it actually is. And that's how he can walk on water, uh, turning water into wine by, uh, I don't know, 
you know, shifting the atoms around or something, that's a possibility as well. Uh, if he died, could something cause his body cells to rejuvenate and to come back to life? We're in the, we're studying the process of, of resuscitation now, trying to repair <clears throat> um, dead cells and trying to extend the life of already living cells to reverse the aging, pro even, even reverse the aging process. Right. That's another thing to think about. Then uh, there's the old concept of Enoch and Elijah who were both just uh, taken away. They never died. They just, where did they go? Well, if, I mean, it sounds kind of cheesy, but if they were abducted by a UFO, that could possibly explain it. I'm not saying I believe any of this. I'm just saying like, yeah. you know, parallels. Uh, the but biggest what, what, one, but what about was, the Egypt or the, um, the Jesus thing? You know, there's what if he had, they thought he would, had died, you know, like what if they take him down off the cross That's and, what it, and it appeared that he was dead, but he was really just unconscious. <clears throat> and then he wakes up and, you know, like I, I'm still under the assumption that Jesus was just like an enlightened human being that lived an exemplary life. Like regardless of mm -hmm. there's aliens or not, I don't necessarily believe that um from from a religious standpoint of things that these things i think i don't know i've been do doing a lot of studies but i think that there's other consciousness altering things substances and such that mm -hmm. play a factor into appearance you know and if you go back into old school magicians and magic from ancient civilizations you know what's an easy way to play a trick on somebody it's maybe to slip them a little something and then you know, they're in a completely different realm and you're, you're a magician, you know, so <clears throat> that's not to me out of the realm of possibility, but that still doesn't dismiss other, the, the, the metaphysical yeah. stuff, but, um, but mm -hmm. so, but to, to your point, do you think then that there is a correlation between these things and religion, like an ancient aliens type aspect to it? Or do you discount that from what you've seen? Are you familiar with the concept of cargo cults? Yeah. Yeah. That's all about, that's what's in, um, uh, man, God, God, yeah, God's war. War, yeah. Um, I believe that 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 in in a way that where every religion of Earth is a cargo cult, in in a way that we are enacting and reenacting things that we think will bring us spiritual fortune or goodness in life or in the afterlife but we don't actually know what the root source or the original event was that causes us to reenact, celebrate, discuss these things. Mm -hmm. So I do believe that there is a, that, that, uh, <clears throat> you're talking about like masses, rituals. Yeah. This kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. even, even maybe down to some of the clothes, the robes or the right. washing of hands and things like that. What about, um, yeah, because I mean, we've talked about this last time. I think ancient aliens has done a good job of actually bringing certain megalithic structures that people probably wouldn't have been aware of before into the, the thing. But I think they do them just do themselves a disservice every time they say something like, did ancient aliens build the pyramid, like stuff like that. When they start yeah. doing that, it's like, no, I don't yeah, think no. that, you know, there might, be, there might have been an inspiration thing happening, but not. Well, yeah, I think that, <clears throat> I, I, you know, it's like when they started the building, it was like they were in this massive rush. 
Mm-hmm. They really were trying to get this stuff done quick. Um, I mean, it took them a long, long time, but it was like, why all of a sudden you go from like one dynasty dynasty to the next. And now all of a sudden this is so insanely important. Yeah. And you know, uh, if you read God's man of war, the, they say the, the pyramids were like resurrection machines. They were to, you know, to bring, to bring your spirit back to life. And uh, one of the, the knives that the Egyptians used in like the mummification process, they found out actually had magnetic properties because it originally came from a meteor. Yeah, King, King Tut's dagger is made out of meteorite. Uh, yeah, that's it. And they would use that knife in like opening of the mouth to release the spirit. So, um, you know, there's different theories about that. I don't know. I don't know how much information Tom and Pete Lavenda have um, that if it's all still theories or if they actually have some esoteric knowledge. Well, what's the thing he keeps the, the Greek, the Greek God thing that oh, he, keeps, yeah. he keeps alluding to that. There's um, like in the, in a remote outpost, you know, is that Atlanteans? Is that the Greeks? Like what is <clears> that, you know? And if it's the Greeks, how can we don't see anything about that, you know, within Plato or Aristotle or like any of their writings, you know? They were, they, they were super probably, ahead of their time with mathematics and philosophy and that kind of stuff. But I think it, if that is true, I think that by the time Plato and Aristotle were, were on the scene, we were already like thousands of years removed mm-hmm. from, from the Greek gods actually being here. If they were indeed real people. Um, I believe Tom, um, Either he said or he alluded to that they were from the North Star, the Pole Star, and uh, the Big Dipper, or the or Ursa Major, and that that's where their planet was, or their home star system. And I always thought they, could it be code too? You know, like something having to because we what about the Apollo missions? Apollo's the Greek god of uh, yes, you know. Um, I think that it's a really, I think it's a good idea for, to bring into the debate that it's a possibility that our link to interstellar travel and to understanding more about the solar system uh, will actually be what's called crypto terrestrials or um, humanoid ETs as people have different terminology for them. Basically like what Atlantis was in in ancient Greece, you know, where you've got the this the civilization that was removed, maybe hard to get to, but the people who lived there had this like superior technology, and maybe one day they were gone. Maybe one day well, they eleven thousand six hundred years ago, which actually coincides with the uh, younger Dryas era, which we know now there was either. Yeah. A younger Dryas impact, possibly a meteor mm-hmm. or a comet or asteroid. Probably not a comet, more along maybe an asteroid or the. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Robert Schock's work, but he has uh, a theory about uh, coronal mass ejection, um, which would have the Earth would have been raining down. Um, you know, electricity and lightning, which you see a lot of underground caves in like Turkey by like Darren Kuyu and different, you know, even Easter Island's got a lot of caves. There's a lot of, um, you know, areas that have underground stuff going on. Even like China's got those for the long U caves or whatever. They don't know how those were built. So 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of things like that. Um, and there's even, uh, I mean, there's all kinds of really interesting stories like that. There's a, I think it was in Utah, there was a Native American tribe that talked about this race of giants with red hair. It's covered in red hair and that they actually I have that in South America too. There's myths having to do with Easter Island, which is off the coast of Chile. Mm -hmm. um, similar that red hair giants help build the Moai or whatever. Yeah. I was talking about that last night with you. I mean, who knows if those bones are real or not, could have been Vikings too. You know, you, you never know. Yeah. yeah who knows? Um, you know, the Vikings they, were well, getting they, around. Did, they actually had excavated a burial site and had these, giant bones on display in this museum in the early uh, 20th century. And there was, I mean, it was widely known enough to where people, but the pictures of the artifacts that were in this museum are still around, but it came victim to robbery, I believe, or it burned down or something happened. The museum's not there anymore. Right. Um, but then, you know, another thing that's really interesting, I mean, it just shows you how much we don't know about the, the ancient past or the not so ancient past. In uh, Cherokee, North Carolina, there is uh, there was a, a petrified tree everybody called Judea Rock, and on this petrified fallen tree was written in ancient Hebrew. Right, ancient mm -hmm. Hebrew was written on this tree, dated to be uh, I, mean, I don't remember how many thousands of years, but it was petrified. <laughs> um, and and it, it, when you translated it, um, it said for Judea in hebrew mm -hmm. which is why some people have the theory that the the cherokee were one of the lost tribes of israel so i mean i don't know enough about that theory to, to even talk about it very much other than i just know it exists yeah i know uh scott walter does a good show called america unearthed on uh, mm -hmm. Travel Channel, where they talk about that kind of stuff, where it's like yeah, Vikings coming over earlier than said, Romans coming over, you know, you got the Oak Island stuff, all that kind of, yeah. know, Knights Templar and all that kind of stuff. That's kind of cool. But uh, so, but back to the Tom DeLong thing, sure. he also mentioned something about a, a Sumerian um, uh, uh, king too. Uh, he goes, yeah. and, but he, he, he says, I forget his name. Well, I don't think he forgot his name. I think he just didn't want to say you mean it. in an interview? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. It was in an interview. Um, so what he was, he mentioned it, I think it might've been the Joe Rogan one, maybe not. I don't know. I can't remember which one it was, but that one, he actually came off a little rough. Right I think the text, baby. No, yeah. the, the Joe Rogan interview was rough for him in the sense that he shouldn't have gone on until he had more stuff that he knew he could say or not say only because, you know, <sighs> yeah, Joe Joe, Joe's really going to ask those questions. Joe's interested. You uh -huh, know? He's not yeah. going to shy away. So, I mean, uh -huh. in the same sense, I'm, I'm kind of different in that regard. I feel like I'm not a, a prior in that sense. You know, if, if, you know, when you start dealing with like national security and, and that kind of stuff, you gotta, you know, if somebody's doesn't want to say something, you know, then I respect their, you know, their, their wishes in those regards. But, I think the the Sumerian king, um, uh, the guy, because he was describing the story about when he met with the guy, and the guy's like, "Will you hold off printing the book until we get you this information about, you know, something like the Greek gods or something, you know, something along those yeah. lines?" And he, he's like, "Also, there's an interesting one too with the the Sumerian, uh, the Sumerian king." And I don't, I mean, I know there's some there's. Um, uh, Neb was it Nebuchadnezzar? Um, yeah. there was uh, yeah. 
Yeah, he was Babylonian um, or Persian, but yeah. I, what was the other one? Um, there's a famous one. I'm drawing a blank on on his name right now, but uh, oh, Nimrod. That's one of them. Um, hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, this this is interesting because right now we're like you said, you know, like from the beginning of the show when we started talking about the infrared stuff, we we're just getting the technology to kind of see things that we weren't able to see before yeah. but then let's say we we do come across this well why is it why is it not possible that these things have been here forever and if that's the case like i said like what does this mean for us you know which may be a couple taking a couple of leapfrogs you know in terms of jumping the uh the horse but uh it's something to be thought about for sure yes I think I might have it. I, I'm listening. Uh, I think I might have your name for the Sumerian king. Oh, man, hold on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, and it's it's like you said, too, it's still taboo. I mean, Maurice, what were you you were saying that you were trying to talk about this stuff the other night and these people weren't having it. They're like, don't quit talking about this shit. Really? Yeah. Well, I was just, I brought up the show and I wanted to see if they heard anything about it because I was watching uh... – like a mm. news article, well, not a news article, but a news story about uh about the show coming on and people are taking it seriously. And I just wanted to get some, mm-hmm. you know, their two cents. But yeah, people aren't aren't really ready for it. You know, I mean, you know how that is. I think it. Uh, I think you can talk about it like a little bit more. You know, I've noticed a couple people that were never interested in it that I know that are starting to take a little bit more you know, interest and just paying attention to it, you know, putting it on the back burner, but still, you know, you know, interested in the topic. So I think that, you know, I think the good thing about this show unidentified is the fact that it's, it's not just one episode. It's more, so it's going to be, you know, in the mix and you, you got to chip away, you know, it can't just be one New York times report or one CNN thing or one Tucker Carlson interview or whatever it is. It can't just be one. You got to slowly chip away at that. You know, it's going to get good. It's, um, I, I believe, I personally believe that by episode five and six, we're going to, we're going to be blown away. I, I think there's, there's a surprise in here for everybody. I don't think it's just recounting. Do you think we're going to see the consciousness stuff though? Like with like hell put off and do you think we're going to see that there? Do you think they're going to talk about that aspect of it? Or do you think it's all going to be about the physical stuff? That I honestly don't know. I I don't know if they'll get into that part of it or not, because I don't think, I think that this is a big enough shot for the public. Um, the one I was thinking about, by the way, the Sumerian king, the Sargon, mm-hmm. Sargon of Akkad. That's who I was mm-hmm. thinking about. He was like one of okay. the greatest uh, kings, but also Nimrod was one of them. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't because he doesn't say which one it is. So it was me kind of mm-hmm. looking to see which important mm-hmm. Sumerian kings there was. And there's a Sumerian king list too that people reference the Anunnaki and all that. But some of that stuff might be, you know, BS and in, in in regards to how old it is and, and that kind of stuff. I I know that we will we will eventually get into the the consciousness side. It's just it's it's hard to it's hard to say definitively. I know right now the the biggest matter of importance I see is getting people to understand that these are actual aircraft, not 
every report, obviously. I mean, there was a guy around here, I think, recorded a UFO for like 45 minutes and was blown away. He knew it was nothing from his world, and he had recorded the Goodyear blimp. So he was. Did you ever, did you ever think that about these things in possibility with like maybe dreaming and dreaming of a UFO and that manifesting in some sort of physical or metaphysical way? Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. No, yeah, it's possible too. Um, You know, the, we're talking about the the relationships to consciousness. Um, Is there part of this phenomenon that will manifest itself if, if it is like from my own mind or my own imagination, will it actually be made real in, you know, in some way, like, for example, you know, I I know people that um, will get into like, you know, ghost hunting and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so they'll go out to a place, they'll go out to a place, they'll go out to a place. And after they've been in the same place for like, you know, four or five times, finally they, get some evidence of a ghost and it's like almost kind of what they thought they would expect anyways. So it's like they they found the evidence that they were looking for because they were, that was already on their mind or is that a coincidence? I don't know. And then, you know, some people you go outside and you want to see a UFO and people say, you meditate, think about it or whatever it is you do. And eventually it'll show up. So, yeah, I mean, you've, you've got to consider that too. How much of it is, how much power or how much unaware power do we have in the human mind? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's already a proven fact, you know, the placebo effect. If you think a medicine is working, all of a sudden it does. There was a guy in California in uh, the 70s or 80s that he had some kind of illness and they thought that it was like psychosomatic. And they gave him a, a medicine, and he was miraculously better. All of his symptoms went away. He was living right. a wonderful life, and they were like, you know, hey, come on, you know, we're bound by ethics to tell this guy the truth. So they told him the truth that he had taken the placebo, you know, sugar pill or whatever for so long, and he immediately went into remission. All of his symptoms came back, and everything. Wow. And, they, and then they tried to, they were like, okay, well now, you know, we need, even if we got to tell the guy, you know, another sugar pill story, we need, we, we, he needs to live, you know? Right. And they told him again and he didn't believe them. And then he died. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, yeah, the, and there was another guy, like, I don't remember what year it was, but he got locked in a, in a freezer car. Uh, it was like, like a, a train uh, car that was transporting like frozen goods or meat or something. And he knew he was going to die. He knew it. And uh, he, he, he did. And he froze to death. Um, but the car was not on. So oh, the lowest temperature weird. he would have been exposed to would have been like 60 degrees or something that night. That's weird, yeah. Yeah, but his symptoms, like his body actually had the, the effects of, of being frozen to death. Like he was just so certain that he was going to die, freeze to death that he did. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, the mind is, is very powerful. However, I highly doubt that the human mind, me thinking and willing it enough is going to produce an alloy of like 13 different properties or 26 different properties that include rare earth metals, you know, fused right. with extracted from someone's leg. I mean, like all of that is just like, no, I don't think 
that my mind can like actually sure. build a ship. But what about <laughs> but what about like maybe that's communicate? Like you said, meditation. I know mm-hmm. a lot of Stephen Greer's stuff is is based on contact through meditation, and yeah. um, he's it's his story is interesting too because he's same thing. He's got a lot of credible insider info. His family was involved with the space programs. Um, he has connections and has been brought in on di- you know different like I think Bill Clinton and different presidents yeah. and stuff like that. But the thing that he that that resonated with me is that this this idea that not necessarily that we're a prison planet, but that we are quarantined because we are setting off nuclear bombs. We are harming each other. We are not ready for this universal whatever it is. Um, and there are other there's ancient you know or there's different esoteric texts that talks about similar things i don't know if you're familiar with there's a channeled um spiritual uh piece called the urantia papers i don't know if you're familiar with that they talk about that the beginning of god's man in war he's like there's five ten people in the woods and it's a rockefeller it's this it's that it's all these like big time people and they're all in a and he's like we'll talk about that in the next book so he never gets into it but he briefly mentions it so it's a channeled piece um but they talk about the same thing that we are on we're being quarantined here on this planet yeah i've thought about that too um <clears throat> i mean um i think in it was our first or our last talk i mentioned that like even even something that we we think is spiritual is still physical because otherwise how would it exist at all? Right. Like energy, energy we don't think is being physical, but it is. Otherwise, it would not interact in the physical world. So, I mean, I think that's that's very valid. Um, I respect Stephen Greer very much. Um, I mean, some of his, his ideas, some of his ideas make perfect sense, but at the end of the day, they're still ideas. And when we don't have any data behind them, um, I want to believe that any extraterrestrial intelligence that's coming to our planet is going to be benevolent and going to be good. Right. But there, this stuff, you know? there are other connections though, too. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with the, uh, remote viewing program and the uh, Stanford (laughs) research Institute and all that. Ingo, Mm -hmm. Ingo Swan used to be in contact. Uh, He was the main dude, the best dude at it. Um, Mm -hmm. He, he was in contact with, he thought was aliens or UFOs and and that kind of a thing. So, and Hal Putoff was actually part of that, that whole um, team. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, I keep coming back to consciousness because I truly believe I've never seen anything physical to, to give me any, proof that anything physical is weird or and i've we go up to the woods we go camping we look at satellites we look at stars away from everybody and everything and i'm always looking up through my skylights at my house and looking at orion's belt and the sky and all that Um, i've never seen anything i've had weird synchronicities and things like that but i've never seen something that gives me the other than being on like psychedelics that Mm -hmm. there's anything weird in this reality world now i'm not saying that there's not and i'm open Mm -hmm. obviously i like this subject and i'm open to what they're doing with the unidentified and i believe that there Mm -hmm. is something there um but i still think that it's consciousness based meaning that look how long it took it wasn't just a camera capturing Mm -hmm. these things it was the most advanced infrared stuff that we have 
Mm-hmm. So I think like I was talking about it before, I think I talked about this on the last episode we did together, mm-hmm. just taking a picture of the sky. It's just a lens. It's not interpreting the data the way our brain interprets the data through our senses, yeah. you know? So mm-hmm. I think that there's something to that. If of that course. Makes sense. Yeah. Because the pilots saw the craft and then the gun camera picks up the infrared image imagery. So if, if we're going to say that, that the infrared was wrong, well, then the pilot's image was wrong too. Right. But, but, but what you see there confirms that, I mean, um, I wish I had my notes handy. Uh, these aircraft, you know, <clears throat> um, would appear in, in the, the Nimitz case would appear at 80,000 feet above the water. Right. It's tracked by radar. The reason we can't have the radar data is because that literally isn't a matter of national security, because if we hand over the radar data, then everybody around the world knows what kind of radar systems we're using on the Nimitz and the Princeton. Mm-hmm. You know? So anyways, um, so that was actually going to be my other question. I'm sorry. Okay. I, but oh. I, I wanted to ask you this earlier and I forgot, okay, so sure. I don't want to forget again. Mm-hmm. This seems to be happening off the West coast and off the East coast. Um, have, I'm sure it yeah, happening uh, just too. Yeah. Uh huh. Do you think it's happening all over the world, or do you think it's specific to the United States? And if it's specific to the United States, then don't you think it brings more validity to the idea that maybe it's our own thing testing it? Because we wouldn't test stuff in other people's territories either. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it does happen all over the world. I mean, you know, you've got. Uh, uh, I'm talking about these specific sightings. Oh, the tic, the Tic Tac stuff. Well, just the, just the 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 forward looking infrared with similar. You know, I don't. You don't see, <clears> and, <throat> and not that I'm, maybe other countries keep that stuff closer to the vest, or maybe they're not mm-hmm. even looking into it. I don't know. You know, but um, well, I mean, we have man, we have like 200 plus military installations around the entire world. I mean, mm-hmm. we are the world empire, man. I don't know any other country that has that many military installations around the world. I think that we are so far ahead of the game in warfare and surveillance. That's probably why we have those, those types of evidences because other countries are, might not be doing the same type of data collecting that we are. I I don't know. And and I'm not, please understand. I'm not trying to communicate like a, an American bias at all. It's just, um, in fact, it might be the opposite. I, uh, I, I might, I might be overplaying the war card for my own country and downplaying the war card for other countries. Um, and you know, like you say, it could be that we, the other countries might, might sit on the evidence more, or maybe it's not as compelling. I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, but war. Tom DeLonge, he does talk about like, you know, there's a reason why the Cold War never got hot and we're working with all these other countries yeah. to deal with this mm-hmm. thing. And we don't yeah. know, they don't know what it is either. So it's almost like we are all into this together, you know. And then there's other things too, you know, you look at old Werner von Braun interviews and he's talking about beware of the, uh, you know, the last great, you know, threat oh, which would be from space, you know, and, that, invasion. and that's the dude that got us to the moon. That was the dude that was part of project paperclip. That's the dude yeah. that was shooting V2 rockets at London from Germany. You know, like that dude was, had a hand in everything. And Ronald Reagan too, at the United Nations talking about how unified the whole world would become if there was suddenly an right. alien threat. Dwight, D- yeah. Dwight D. Eisenhower talking about the industrial military complex, you know, like all then, that stuff. 
And then totally randomly, Trump wants to launch the Space Force. <laughs> Where did that idea come from? Well, yeah, the, the mainstream theory on that is we're obviously control the world. So now next thing is we're going to try and control space or something along those lines. Well, here's another new story to follow. Why are they trying to militarize Antarctica? Yeah, I mean, well, that's where most of our science, our, like our astronomy, and like, you, I don't know if you're familiar with a lot of our scientists that have to do with, we had a physicist on, Brian Keating, he developed a, the bicep telescope, which was looking for gravitational waves, and mm -hmm. that's where they that's where they do that kind of stuff, is Antarctica. Um, yes. uh, so, but the other thing is, <laughs> that's what that, that first episode of Ancient Aliens was on, was on Antarctica, the whole, the from the recent... The season that's what the whole there was something that happened a couple years ago that had to do with radiation coming from antarctica that they didn't know came from there yeah it was some weird cool. stuff i don't know if it's true or not but well it is the edge of the world so yeah <laughs> yeah it's uh, don't fall off that's all i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it, it's interesting it's really interesting times that we're living in me personally i try to not go down those rabbit holes, you right. know, um, I try to, it's hard to not do. I think you can go down the rabbit hole. Just don't believe everything yeah, yeah. that you're, you know, yeah. Like weed out I the like, BS. You know? I like to go to the rest stops along the way and get the brochures of all the interesting rabbit holes and just right. <laughs> be informed of the attractions. But not actually go on the roller coasters myself. Uh, right. Yeah. It's um I I have been down. I remember one time I, the Planet Serpo story. I was sold. Oh man, you know. And so I'm like, printing out all these documents. I'm redlining, taping everything, highlighting. And I'm writing it down, keeping a journal, and total BS. <laughs> like it's starting to last the it's last like the new bureau thing that was coming out we're gonna die this weekend and the guy said <laughs> right, what the, yeah. is it david david mead or this guy that keeps trying to translate the bible code or whatever oh, oh, and it, yeah. it's every year like one time a year around october he's like we're gonna this is the weekend and it, <laughs> people believe it people believe the bureau is gonna crash into us um that that being said there is something out there because we know that something's pulling on the orbit of uh, Neptune and Uranus, and nice. um, there's a large body that we don't know what it is in the outskirts of our solar system. Could it be, you know, most star systems are binary star systems? Could we have some, you know, remnants of an old star, or you mm -hmm. know, is there some sort of, you know, well, there's a lot of credible scientific evidence for uh, another planet you know yeah. i mean they've got planet x or nibiru well this is big because planet. this this isn't yeah. i mean this isn't like pluto this is something big enough to, to the gravitational pull of it to pull on two large planets well, you know. yeah yeah uh they yeah I, i've heard about the second sun theory i've heard that there's a another like massive planet like actual planet out there mm -hmm. orbiting um, I mean, we we will find out soon, sooner or later. Lots of weird stuff. We were discovering stuff every day. There, they just found those three huge tears in the the Milky Way, uh, oh, yeah. where they don't know where those came from. You know, there's so there's lots of weird stuff happening. But uh, interesting times. Is there anything else you wanted to get to? I mean, I, what I would like um, to do is maybe do a follow up one after the whole series concludes, get you back on definitely. here. And, oh know. yeah, that would be good. And then then I would I would definitely know what the. Uh, the narrative is uh, uh, Luis Elizondo said that um, that we didn't, 
he said that he did not see this as like uh, it was either he didn't say disclosure had happened or the confirmation had happened. I don't remember which one of the uh, two, but the reason was that we did not have a narrative yet. So part of having the narrative, you know, not not story like fictitious story, but just we don't have a foundation to to start this venture. This is the starting point. Right. Um, I don't know what the next step is. I do know for a freaking scientific fact, and uh, my next series is going to jump into the the science, like the the real. Uh, science of it you know uh of the of the cases that we have scientific evidence for but even if one of these cases uh is scientifically valid that's it Mm -hmm. that's all we really needed you know i mean these things are they're they're capable of flying at incredible velocities that would completely kill anyone how can you take a 90 degree turn right you know at like 400 g's right and you're accelerating like 17,000 miles an hour you drop 80,000 feet down 10,000 feet stop abruptly 50 feet above the ocean water and you hover there we don't even have a drone that can do that even if it were a drone from somewhere like that that technology does not exist and to have no propulsion system no wings i mean we have four forces of flight you know four principles of, of, of air flights uh, lift weight thrust and drag that's how we fly on earth mm-hmm. these things don't fly like that and they haven't for like decades i mean 70 years now longer actually well, that's like a uh, famous debunker nick or is it, it's mick west he's uh he yeah, does yeah, like sure. you know he debunks chemtrails and like all that stuff no. but he, he no. tried to debunk this but he couldn't do it he was claiming that it was a, a f-16 from a certain view that you would cause you to not see these signatures but then when you see what he was showing it wasn't even close to being mm-hmm. so even he's he's kind of at a loss to figure this out but i be, i bet you uh, anything you're going to see a lot of debunkers, skeptics trying to say it was this or is that, or you know, come out with you know stuff on that. But um, one more thing I wanted to ask you: mm-hmm. um, there recently was a woman on Joe Rogan. Her last name is Jacobson. I forget her first name. She's an author, um, and she wrote a book about like Area 51. And she interviewed who she I forget who she said, but she said this guy was a physicist that was part of the Manhattan Project that was involved with you know, area 51 and all that. And he, on his deathbed, he told her that, that it was Stalin that, that dropped a couple, uh, UFOs in our airspace in 51 or whatever. They're dressed up people, refugees, like aliens or something like that. Well, what they did was they genetically, well, they didn't genetically, they gave people with handicapped, like down syndrome people and stuff, um, uh, cosmetic surgery to make them look like gray aliens and stuff like Mm. that so i was just curious what your take was on that since she said i mean all of her she seemed pretty credible with all the other stuff she was talking about with like Mm -hmm. you know the cia and like assassins and all that stuff but i was just curious what you thought do you think that's a load of shit or did you think that there was there's maybe something to that kind of a story i i i don't know um i uh because that still doesn't dismiss anything. All it does is show that we had they, there was well, technology like that even back then. 
I, I don't know what to think about that, honestly. Um, yeah, she said that, that the guy's got the the guy, the physicist that she was talking to. I don't know who it is. Yeah, I didn't look it up, but I he has a wing hey, dedicated to inside a museum or something. The rational person within me says, no, that's a, that's a load of BS. But um, was the conversation documented in any way? If not, why not? I mean, essentially, you know, she says that she has this man's word. All we have is her word. Right. That's it. So uh, where's the barcode? Uh, follow the money. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. Oh, well, this lady did promote her own books like a thousand times on that. Yeah, so. I mean, hey, hey, you know, look, man, I'm being honest. If I had books and stuff to sell, yeah. I would be promoting my stuff, too. I mean, yeah, I promote my YouTube channel and my website and stuff. Um, it's for me right now, it's still a hobby and, uh, I'm, I'm cool with that. I enjoy what I do. I'm having a great time and I get to talk with you guys. It's, it's yeah. so cool. You know, yeah. I meet people through social networking and stuff. And, um, it's great. I, I know that, you know, the more I keep going at it, challenges are going to come and just, uh, have to. You know, yeah, it's a, it's a funny thing that happens once you start believing a little bit in something, something else will come along and contradict yeah. that. And then you're really in, you know, in the middle of it and then you really have to just mm-hmm. keep push, pushing through it. And, um, I don't yeah. think, uh, I don't think there is an objective truth between us. I think yeah, that the, everything's a gray area, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no pun intended with the gray. I was going to say, not a gray, gray alien. Gray. <laughs> yeah, gray area, not a gray alien. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. That's a, somebody said, uh, you know, we could be all gray aliens and we, 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 you know, when we die, we wake up from the most intense uh, yeah. DMT trip and you're holding the bong, you know? <laughs> when I was four, I used to have this, like, my mom would send me outside when she was watching Days of Our Lives. So I would be outside for like an hour with nothing to do. And this one day I, I thought to myself, like, Cause I recently, like I I'd had like a scary dream and I woke up and thought it was real and realized it's not real. It's just a dream. Mm-hmm. So I'm reflecting on this moment in my life. Like, Oh wow, I had a scary dream. And I'm thinking, you know, I could be having a dream right now as real as that dream was. And what if my whole life is a dream and I wake up and I'm really like a lizard guy <laughs> in a hospital and my, you go, damn it, David me. Wilcock, you son of a yeah. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, but I was thinking like, what if my parents were like, Matt, wake up, wake up. Yeah. And I wake up and, and then, but so I thought about that like a lot in my childhood. And one day I was like, what if I wake up and I'm really like a lizard person and I don't want to be a lizard person. Like my whole dream of like, you know, my whole life, I've been a human and I want to be human. And now I'm scared of the entire world. Um, and honestly, man, even for people who are already into this topic, when they saw episode one on Friday, it kind of freaked them out too. Yeah. You know, and that's one reason that I've made these videos that I'm doing. I'm trying to give people something to to hold on to because this type of revelation is awesome for me. It's awesome for you. It's awesome for thousands or millions of people. And for many thousands or millions more, it's not because it challenges their sense of security the sense of of their religious beliefs as much as you want it to be true if an alien walked in right behind you right now and you turned around you dump your pants i don't care who you are there's no there's not one person that wouldn't be scared shitless you know exactly man i've thought the exact same Yeah, monsters are are real you know it's it's just it's but 
Well, yeah, it's it, it's such they a jarring experience. I mean, to 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 see something like that is like mentally jarring. Like this, I have a Nacho Libre mask. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> I will not wear it for the next interview. I promise. Just come on the comedy um, channel. We'll get it going. Yeah. I'm game. I will wear the Nacho Libre mask. <laughs> <laughs> so I um you know came out to some kids and all, you know, and, uh, and they both had these blank looks on their face. And I was like, okay, they're not entertained. And then I look over and they're doubled over in laughter, like five <laughs> seconds later, but just the, they, it was so unexpected. It's like their minds could not even captivate me right. being stupid wearing a Nacho Libre mask because it was so unexpected. Like I'm in my clothes like I am now, and then I'm wearing a Nacho Libre mask. I walk into a room, you know. Um, hey, hey, perfect example. Disney World kids meeting Mickey Mouse. They watch his shows. They've mm -hmm. been to the house. They know the song, and, and they, they shit him. their pants when they meet him yeah. in person. There yeah, you go. Santa Claus is even a better example of a. Yeah, that's but yeah, that's even better than that. Yeah, totally. That's what this is doing for some people. And I think that we who are already interested and are involved need to be more sensitive to that. That's well, that's why this is important. And that's why it's probably being done slowly over time. And um, if you said, even if you said we've, we've got an alien in a cage, you know, or whatever, if they came out and said, okay. let's just say hypothetically, they said that, yeah, people. You would have to prove it to the people still, even though you, you say you've got it. Number mm -hmm. one and num number two, it would cause people. You know, like anybody that's religious, anybody that you know doesn't think. You know, we've got so many people that just are like they're like worker bees in a colony. They wake up, they do the same thing every day. They go to work, they come home. They don't ever think outside their consciousness. They don't do thought mm -hmm. experiments. They don't philosophize. You know, they don't do anything yeah. like that. So I'm not saying everybody, but there's a lot of people that just go about their day uh, trapped in this material reality that don't think about these things. So it is important that I think it happens slowly over time. You know, I don't think it's Definitely. something that can just be dropped on everybody's lap, you know? Yeah, that's true. Have you ever but, seen the uh, movie District 9? What's that? Have you ever seen the movie District 9? No, I've not. I should, though. I've heard cool. of I mean, it. I think I've heard of it. Is that about like a the, the part of a... Is it America and it's split up into different things because aliens take over or something? No, or like it, an alien ship gets stranded here and then we develop a little like living area for them to like... Oh, live. okay. But we treat them as... You know, like almost like Indians, where we, I don't know, you oh. have to watch it. Oh, cool. wow. Yeah, I want to check that out. That sounds really cool. Um, I've reached my time limit, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, no, no, yeah. We're, we're good. We're good. We're good. Uh, but yeah, uh, um, let's plug your uh, channel real real. What's your what's your website? Tiller4reeler.com. It's a T I L L E R number four R I L L E R.com. And you can use the same uh, Tiller4reeler name. To find me on YouTube, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Yeah. We have your links for your YouTube and your website down below. Awesome. So people great. great Thanks, guys. Yeah. And uh, also, thank you for coming on. Thank you for you know Definitely. giving us this amount of time. And uh, like I said, yeah. we'll have you back on after the uh, series is done. That sounds great. It's always a pleasure, man. Seriously. Thank you for having Same. me on. No problem, yeah. bro. Thanks for coming awesome, on. Man. All right. Peace. See you guys. Have a good night. Peace. Yeah.